Sports Talk Chicago, John Zaglow, great to have all of you here with us across all of our great stations on the affiliate network, WKAN 105.5 The Ticket, ACTV, Cities 92.9 FM, WJOB and Jet TV. John Zaglow here with you, John Meadows directing and producing segment two of, the, of today's program. You miss any part of this show, you know where to go, sportstalkchicago.com. You can follow us all over as well at Sports Talk Chicago on social media and uh Hit up the YouTube page. We're live. All of the shows that you listen to, if you're listening or watching on TV, you can watch and listen to as well. See my face on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. 18,600 subscribers and counting. And all of your support really helps us to increase our audience and increase our growth for all of you. Certainly appreciative to everybody who currently subscribes as well. Well, we talked about... Kevin Warren, micromanaging Ryan Poles and company. And now Dan Wiederer, friend of this program, friend of mine in the media, is coming out too and saying some more things about potential changes for the Bears in terms of their on-the-field product. Now, this was not talking about Ryan Poles as much as Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. And to me, this is a bombshell report. I'm surprised it has not gotten as much publicity as it should have. I mean, this is pretty big stuff here. I'm stunned when I read this. And we're going to read it for you right here on Sports Talk Chicago. So here it all is. This is from Wiederer in the Chicago Tribune. encourage you to read it. Well, the chatter within league circles that it will be far more difficult for polls to justify keeping Eberflus next month than it will be to dismiss him. That's a bombshell. That's number one. It's going to be far more difficult for Ryan Poles to justify keeping Eberflus than it will be to dismiss him. And the popular sentiment is that the timing couldn't be more optimal for the team to justify coaching change on circumstances alone. And here's what the source said. Quote, let's be real. <laughs> Not a good start to that quote from the source. Here we go. Quote, given the Bears' history, in my mind, it's highly important that they start 2024 with somebody who can successfully develop a quarterback, anybody. And if you're the GM there, how could you turn down the rare opportunity to do both at once? You choose the best QB in the draft class and link him up with one of the best offensive head coaching prospects of the moment. And... Here's what else Swedeber said. The sentiment inside the league is that the Bears' job would be far more attractive if it came with a clean slate at quarterback. Prospective candidates likely would feel far more eager to marry with a rookie than take on a time-sensitive developmental challenge with Fields. Uh Uh-oh, don't want to hear those words about Justin Fields. People are freaking out, but that's the truth. Especially with no promise that a potential reset would provide anywhere near the same choices for the team that this draft cycle will. The Bears have two picks inside the top five. What do people not understand about that? I know Justin Fields has gotten a little bit better. And I am not trying to say, kick him out of town, he sucks, whatever. What what I'm saying is, look, you have two picks inside the top five and your coach is going to be axed. It is clear and it is true that a new coach is going to want to come in and choose his quarterback. And imagine if the coach has a say in drafting a quarterback. That is much more attracted to any coach out there than, oh, by the way, you're going to have to inherit Justin Fields. Good luck with him. Going to be year four, five-year contract, then you may have to pay him or not. I don't know what to do. Even Wiedemann said it. Developmental challenge. 
developmental challenge are the words he used about Justin Fields. And it's a fact because it is a developmental challenge. Now You could bring in some quarterback guru of a coach and maybe he's just a Justin Fields fan and wants him to succeed and that'd be great and it would work out. But other than that, which is highly, highly unlikely, you're going to have a coach who wants to come in and have his own guy and develop him from the ground up, not be stuck with Fields who... Matt Nagy couldn't develop, which is not a surprise. And now Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze couldn't develop, which is kind of not a surprise as well. This is a bombshell report to me. This is bigger than the Kevin Warren news. And this has all come out, of course, in the Bears bye week. Why wouldn't it? Keeping us going with the news cycle. But how crazy is that? It's going to be far more difficult for polls to justify keeping Eberflus than it will be to dismiss him. Yeah, that's pretty much saying, which is on everybody's mind, how in the world could you justify keeping him, which we said in our first segment. Somebody explained it to me, and I've, I've seen people actually defend Eberflus, right? Like, there were uh, back-of-the-day Matt Nagy supporters and Matt Nagy truthers, but they all went away come 2021 because they knew, all right, this is pretty bad. <laughs> they knew, especially with Justin Fields, okay, this, yep, not going to work. Matt Nagy sucks, right? Everybody came to that moment when he screwed up Justin Fields. We all knew by that time. Some people knew before, like me, but others, it took some time and they found out. Why are some people still defending and advocating for and saying that Matt Eberflus should stick around. Explain to me one reason why he should stay. What, the defense? Who gives a rip? Okay, you have a supposedly a great quarterback. You are not an offensive team. You're 4-8. You have the worst record in Bears history as a coach. You cannot be justified being kept. Sorry, nobody could justify it. He's going to be gone, as he should be. That's it. And at that point, according to Wiedeber, which is a fair report, the Bears' job's going to be more attractive if it came with a clean slate of quarterback, which is, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. I mean, if you really thought that Justin Fields was going to survive and make it to a third-head coach, how many times does that happen in football? I, I can't even think of one time in which that, that occurred. I can't. I can't think of one time. Usually, if you have a new head coach come in, especially in the Bears situation, right? They're 4-8. They're another bottom feeder. You're going to need somebody to come in and clean this whole place up again, like Eberflus and Poles were supposed to do. They clearly failed. You're going to have to have a new coach come in and clean this team up. Why would they want to stick with, why would they want to keep the most prized possession of a football team? They want their own guy. And especially if they hire a coach in January, February, then the draft comes around in April, they're going to want to pick somebody that they want from the draft. They're going to have input on who the Bears should pick at quarterback. And that's a fair assessment. That's not controversial. That's not mean. That's not hurting people's feelings. That's the fact of the matter. It happens all the time. And it's going to happen here. So people don't want to hear it. People are going to get all pissed off and worked up about it, but... This is an official report, and it makes 100% sense. And I think the key thing, at least, first and foremost, I, I hope we can all agree on this. There's probably 10% of Eberflus truthers out there. Oh, the defense is getting better. Keep him around. No, you don't keep him around. He sucks. 
But if Matt Eberplus goes, the Bears are going to probably attract more coaches if they get rid of Fields, too. Nevertheless, as it was said in this report, it's going to be hard for Ryan Poles to justify keeping Eberplus. I mean, could anybody actually, like if you were Ryan Poles, right? You're, you're sitting here, end of the uh, end of the season meetings, you're meeting at a big office with Kevin Warren, all suited up, buttoned up, and you're going to sit there and make a case and be like, you got to keep him. Come on. <laughs> Please, don't fire him. He's my guy. You, you can't do that. Who could justify it? If Ryan Poles can't justify it, then you can't justify it. I can't justify it. He's going to be gone. So let's get that out there first. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here probably for 90% of you, but I have seen people out there justify Eberflus staying. The defense has gotten better. Oh, they're going to be better in third year. No, he has to go now. Gone. He'll be gone. Then from there, it's going to be quarterbacking. What are they going to do? Is it fair to run fields out of town just because of the situation? No. I'd rather run fields out of town if he isn't good enough, right? That, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be, well, oh, you know, we're going to hire a new coach to buy default fields is out. That kind of sucks. I'd actually feel bad for him. But the fact is, right now, that's the reality of the situation. Eberflus will not stay. And the Bears' situation, which is unique, is going to call for them to draft a quarterback. Now, if the Bears didn't have a first-round pick, Right? Let's say they had zero first-round picks. They're going to fire their coach, bring in another coach, maybe a young coach, another rookie head coach. They would probably force that coach to work with Fields. And I would actually understand it because you have no other options. What are you going to do? You can't draft a quarterback. There's nobody available unless you maybe sign a one-year veteran or a two-year deal for a veteran. So in that situation, I get it. But the situation for the Bears is extremely unique. They could hit the reset button without hitting the reset button, to their credit. They already suck. They're they're already horrible. This rebuild, quote-unquote, is not working. But guess what? They could rebuild again next year in April and not miss a beat. They're going to have two picks in the top ten. They could have potentially a new head coach, maybe even a new GM, but if not a new head coach. That's intriguing. Something could happen. So the situation is the issue. And I know people don't really see it that way. People don't want to talk about it. People are letting emotions getting into it. But I'm just, we're just being real here. Even the source said, let's be real. Yeah, let's be real. Let's actually tell the truth about what's going on here. Okay, don't listen to the fanboys or people celebrating. I mean, I saw somebody on Twitter, I kid you not, celebrating that the Bears were officially in the hunt on NBC. You know, they put the graphic up, wild card graphic, the playoff graphic, and the Bears were listed at 4-8, and eight and they were in the hunt, and got people celebrating that. Maybe they were joking, maybe they were trolling, but I don't find that funny. I find that damn pathetic, okay? We don't understand what success is, so we attribute success to being in the hunt at 4-8. and eight. My goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. you got to be kidding me. So when you think about this situation, and when you think about... What goes into it? You have two top five picks. You have a situation in which if you fire the head coach, the position becomes more desirable if you get rid of the cornerback too. What are you going to do, right? And then you have a team in which rebuilding was an option. They tried to do it, and clearly it isn't working. Now you could rebuild, quote-unquote, again without really missing any time or 
How about another hard reset? You're, you already suck. You're going to have two top 10 picks. You can draft a quarterback and bam, here we go. We're back at it. New head coach, new quarterback. Here we go. So that's the thought process there. And I know people may not want to hear that. I understand and I get it, but that may be the reality of the situation. This is a unique situation. We want to make that clear here. This is not just your run-of-the-mill situation. And I will go on the record and say in this, if the Bears had no first-round picks, I would advocate keeping Justin Fields because what's the point? What's your alternative? You're going to you know, sign a veteran to a one- or two-year deal like a la Jimmy G? How'd that work out? Horrible. You might as well let him develop and, and continue. Even if he sucks, I mean, it's better than what you're probably going to get, right? If the Bears had no first-round picks, they had a coach who wasn't on the hot seat, I'd say keep him. Even if they had a coach who was on the hot seat, like Ebert Blues, but zero first-round picks, I would advocate for the Bears to keep Fields. But the fact is... The fact is, two top five picks for the Bears coming. Definitely a new head coach, and now this report confirms everything that if the Bears get rid of their quarterback, this vacancy is going to become unbelievably attractive because that coach could come in, have two top five picks, top six picks to work with, draft his QB that he wants, and develop him. I'll tell you what, I'm not saying that it's going to be another Houston Texans situation here, but it could occur. New head coach, head coach wanted that quarterback, and now look, the Texans are in the playoff hunt. In his rookie year, both guys' rookie years. It could happen here. I'm not saying it will, but it could. You could run the risk of that possibility occurring, which would be great. We have to look at this from the big picture here. You know, we have to look at this from the big picture, not just go, well, I, I love Field so much, and He'd get a raw deal. He would get a raw deal if Eberflus got fired, then they just said, see you, Justin Fields. That would kind of be a raw deal. I agree. I'm with you on that. I don't, think, I don't think that'd be right. But if it's based on performance, different story. But Again, knowing what we know and what's apparent, plus this report from Dan Wiederer, plus the report earlier from Deanna Bersini, it is clear and obvious to me that Eberflus is going to be gone. And then after that, it's going to be a super attractive position for a coach who can draft a quarterback, not somebody who has to, in Dan Wiedemer's words, deal with a developmental challenge. Yeah, that's a quote. Developmental challenge in Justin Fields. Yes, it is a challenge because it's year three and we're seeing nothing. So there's a lot on the line here and a lot at stake. I know a lot of people, you know, don't like this situation. I don't like it either. I'm not sitting here happy or celebrating that the Bears are in this position again. It's actually pretty damn sad. It's really sad. People should be held accountable for it, will they? I don't know. I mean, Matt Eberplus might, but Ryan Poles probably won't. He should be too. This all in all was a disaster of the season. It, it was a disaster. This was not something that should be taken lightly or should be celebrated. This sucked. This was horrible. And people are going to be held accountable at year's end. The positive is, though, and here's the silver lining, even with this disaster, even with people held accountable, even with this quote-unquote rebuild not working, guess what? Guess what? 
The Bears have two top five picks, and they could do it all over again and potentially be good in a year or two. Not kidding. If they draft correctly and if they hire a good coach. That's the positive. There's a chance to rebound unbelievably quick if they actually do things the right way. If they don't, it's going to be another Poles and Eberflus nightmare disaster with another quarterback, poor quarterback, who's going to be at their wits' end. This is Sports Talk Chicago. We're going to be right back. Stay with us.